1: Thanks so much for
0: joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Learn to Love podcast, everyone. I am your host, Zach Beach, and I'm here with the incredible yoga and meditation teacher, Megan Farrell. Hello, Megan, and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Today, we're going to be talking about finding balance in our busy lives. And for those that don't know, Megan Farrell is the creator of Balance by Megan, an online platform designed to inspire and empower others to begin and maintain their yoga, health and wellness journey. She's the host of the Balance Your Life podcast, is a certified 500 hour yoga teacher, meditation teacher, pre and postnatal teacher as well. She offers her students international retreats and workshops and an online memberships with workouts, meditations, and yoga to transform your mind and body. She offers fun tutorials and videos to her more than 20,000 followers on TikTok and her Instagram community. How are you today, Megan?
1: First of all, I should have you do the opening for me whenever I go on other people's podcasts because that (laughs) was like, wow, you maybe sound so impressive. Thank you.
0: (laughs) No problem.
1: (laughs) I'm good. It's what day is it? It's March 25th on this recording. It's actually been very sunny out the last few days. So after the weather we've had, I feel just so vibrant and alive and I'm just soaking up this sun.
0: That's awesome to hear and I am also sucking up the sun here in the sunny California. And I do feel like, you know, gratitude, appreciation is a huge part of the spiritual practice of yoga and meditation, too. And you talk a lot about how yoga and meditation changed your life. So let's start by taking a before and after picture. I'm curious what your life was like before yoga.
1: I always joke when people ask me this. I'm like, oh, how much time do you have on the podcast for this? (laughs) (laughs) Truth be told, like I was just a hot mess before I started yoga and meditation i was diagnosed very very young with asthma severe asthma and then obsessive compulsive disorder i struggled with anxiety and depression very very young i remember going on antidepressants when i was in grade four or five and then later in my life i was sexually abused by a family member so i was just like downhill from there i became like a self cutter I've always struggled with confidence. I've never felt good in my body. I've never felt good about myself. And I think a lot of that is the mind games that are played, especially like this family member was someone who I was supposed to trust, someone who I could have turned to. And they really make you doubt yourself and your worth. And I was made out to be a liar. And, you know, she doesn't know what she's talking about. So I just, I was so depressed. I never knew what I wanted to do with my life. And I know, you know, when you're 14 and 15, you're not really supposed to, but I, I just nothing felt like it brought me joy. I didn't have a ton of friends. I was bullied a lot in school and I just, there were many, many times where I just felt like life was not worth living. And so I try to remember exactly, there was, there was a very pivotal moment in my life where I had a boyfriend and I don't even remember like how this boyfriend had come into my life because I was just very introverted. I didn't have a ton of friends. I didn't go out partying or anything, but I remember him breaking up with me. And at that time, it was the most devastating thing to me, right? Like I was like 18 or 19 years old. And I just remember like, I'm tired of being this way. I'm tired of feeling like a victim. I'm tired of, I had all these rituals that I had to do with my OCD and with my OCD, it was like, I have to do these rituals in order to prevent bad things from happening. And like I was saying at the time, this boyfriend dumping me was like life shattering, like it was like the worst thing that had happened. And I was like, I do all these rituals and this bad thing still happened to me. What is the point? And le- literally, it was like a light switch. I decided I was just not going to do my rituals anymore. And I had so many, like, I would have to count all of my books. 43 times before I could go to sleep. I had to, before I could sit on a couch, I'd have to stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down six times before I could get myself comfortable on a couch little things. I'd have to brush my teeth for exactly three minutes, twice a day. I could only walk a certain way to school and home. Like, And it seemed like every day I was accumulating more things that I was like, oh, it has to be this way. Because if I don't do it this way, something terrible is going to happen to myself and my family. And that's a very common thing with OCD is people are afraid something's going to happen to them or their family members if they don't do these things. And I was just like, this sucks. Like, this boy broke up with me. He was the love of my life at the time. Like looking back now, I'm like, Oh my God, thank God that happened. (laughs) But I just decided to stop. And I was like, you know what? I see people who are happy. I want, I just want to feel happy. I was still on antidepressants and anxiety meds. So I was sleeping a lot. They definitely helped me not feel so suicidal, but that was it. Like I, I always say like I was just like a zombie, like I was just present. I wasn't really happy, but I wasn't really sad either. So that was better than feeling really sad all the time. I'm a big believer that you can heal your body and your mind, but you take the help when you need it. And at the time I needed that help and I needed that medication. So it's like I have to take these little steps to start living a life that I'm actually happy about get outside more. And I just I kind of forced myself to laugh a little bit more, you know, watch the funny movies, watch the funny TV shows, the very few friends that I did have, you know, when they did invite me out, it was like, Yeah, okay, I will go. And people were like shocked. And slowly, I started to just build up some more confidence, I started to feel happier, I started to be happier. And then when I met my now husband, he was like, He had been on the same medication as me as well. And he's like, you can stop. Like, you can do this. I know you can do this. And I never recommend this, but I stopped my medication, cool turkey, which is horrible advice to give to anybody. But I'm a very extreme person. (laughs) And I was like, no, I just, I needs to be out of my system. And I stopped. And it was like two weeks of just brutal withdrawal. Like I wasn't sleeping. I was nauseated. I was very foggy. But every day was like, nope, it's one day out of my system. I can keep going. Oh, it's two days out of my system. I can keep going. And then I came off of my medication and I've been, I, I've been practicing yoga ever since then I took my teacher training. And I just, I mean, I I could never imagine the life that I have now. It's absolutely mind blowing to me. And I am literally, I mean, it's a journey, it's a work in progress, but I'm so happy. I'm so joyful. And I just, I really, truly love my life.
0: Wow. So, so many things. And I do want to talk more about how your life is like now and how much that you love it. But I want to cover a few things first. So first of all, for anyone listening, we do not recommend that you quit whatever medication you're on cold turkey. <laughs>
1: don't do it. Don't do it. My <laughs> doctor say, was mad.
0: <laughs> yes. Many medications, they really need to be tapered off slowly over time. Um, if you quit cold turkey, many bad things can happen. Suicidal ideation can often increase. So if you are interested in getting off any medications you're currently on, talk to your doctor, talk to your psychiatrist. And moving back to your story, Megan, it's heartbreaking to hear how such at an early on uh, age you experienced all these challenges. And especially, you know, the longer a person is on antidepressants, the harder it is to get off of them. It's amazing to hear that you have transformed from all the things that you described to where you are now. So if that was the before picture, if that was chapter one of your memoir, which I look forward to reading to learn more about your life, then chapter two is where you are now. So how are things so far? Yeah.
1: So like I was saying, I can never imagine this life that I have now. Everything really started with, and it sounds so woo-woo to even say it, but like I remember because I was sleeping so much on my medication when I came off of it, I was like, Man, this time spent—I like this three-hour gap here—is usually when I'd be napping. Like, I'm so bored, I don't know what to do. And this little voice was like, "Try yoga." And I was like, "Yoga? Like, uh, all right." But I was like, "If I'm gonna do yoga, it's gonna be a workout." So I like threw on this 20-minute power yoga flow, and it kicked my butt. I mean, I'm a smaller person, but I was like, I feel like I'm in relatively good shape, and. I couldn't even get through this 20 minute video. I was just like sweating. Like I couldn't hold the poses. And after that video, I was like, I'm going to do this video until I master it. And I'm going to do it three times a week until I have it. And then I'll move on from there. So three days, three days a week turned into four days, turned into five days, turned into every single day I was doing some form of yoga practice and yoga asana. So like the movement practice. and. I did it for about two years. And I mean, teachers I went back to see in high school, my parents, everyone was like, you are such a different person. I remember teachers crying when they saw me. Like, Megan, honestly, we thought you were going to be a statistic. Like, I cannot believe you're here thriving. Even my mom was like, you just seem nicer. You seem calmer. You seem just more joyful. Like, it's devastating to hear that your parents think that you're, you know, I couldn't go to the bathroom at the time before all of this by myself because they were afraid I was going to, you know, cut myself and kill myself. And just to hear my parents say, like, oh, my gosh, you're just such a different person. Just totally, totally lit me up. And my my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, was just so encouraging. You know, he was just like, anytime I need, I was like, babe, I feel like I need like to just do a little bit of yoga, and you know, we were living with my parents at the time. So it would be like, you know, I won't let anybody go downstairs, go ahead, do like your 20 minute flow. And then, you know, we can do whatever afterwards. And I, after two years, I was just like, you know, like, I I really want to teach other people yoga, like it changed my life, I want to change other people's lives. And I remember being like, but I can't do handstands. So I feel like I can't take <laughs> a teacher training. <laughs> and oh, teacher training, man, it's like, We joked when you came on my podcast saying like, once you start drinking the Kool-Aid, like you just can't stop. And I was very much into like the yoga asana. And I was, I prided myself on being more of like a power-based yoga teacher or student. And it was the meditation portion, which I was so hesitant to to do. I was like, nope, this is not going to happen. I don't want to meditate. And being forced in yoga teacher training to do the meditation portion, I remember bawling my eyes out afterwards and going, This is the first time that my mind has truly stopped the chattering. This is the first time that I haven't been mean to myself. Because I was very like, much, even in yoga classes, I would see somebody do a pose that I couldn't do. And it'd be like, Crap, like, I want to do that pose. And how come she can do it and I can't? Like, even still very much ego based. And it was the first time in meditation where it was just, there was nothing. There was no mean remarks to myself, and I remember just bawling my eyes out and going, "Yeah, this is this is magic. This there is something to this," and it, yeah, just from there, it just it's completely snowballed.
0: So I also really believe in the power of yoga. That's where much of my work in the world has also consisted of helping people along the path. And it's really incredible to hear about your transformation of dealing with so much asthma and OCD, anxiety, depression, different medications, trauma, from sexual abuse, and to become the teacher and leader and guide and coach that you are today. And I have my own ideas. But I'm curious about yours. Like, what about yoga in particular do you think helped in your own personal transformation? To a lot of people, yoga is, you know, stretching and breathing in a room and it's not as effective or transformational as something like therapy or doesn't have an effect on the mind or body as medication does. But what is so special about yoga and how does it work in transforming one's life?
1: Yeah, well, this is something that I learned later on was like, I was taught the eight limbs of yoga and to make it super easy and digestible, it's literally how we treat others, how we treat ourselves, yoga, movement, breathing, intro to meditation, meditation, withdrawal of the senses, and this connection to source. And I just know when I was physically on my mat, I was just kinder to myself. It was like, oh, you can't do that pose. Like, no problem. Like maybe today, not today, maybe tomorrow, maybe five years from now. And I was just more responsive rather than reactive. And these were little subtle changes that I noticed. It was like, Something that would normally flip me out at my corporate job, I was just way calmer about dealing with it. It was like, oh, you know, like, no big deal. We'll figure out a solution to this. And so it was these little changes that I noticed. And then later on found, like discovered about the eight limbs. And that's really how I approach it is like, how can I be nicer to myself in any situation? How can I be more compassionate and loving and kind to others outside of the world? Whereas before, like if somebody did something, I'd be like, "What? Like that's just so stupid. Like why would somebody do something that way?" Or like if you did things this way, your life would be different. And I just realized I was like way more compassionate and be like, "I don't know this person's story. I don't know what they're going through. I shouldn't be so quick to judge." I mean, I love yoga and I love the stretching part of things, but I'm like, I'm also super into Pilates now and. I tell anybody like, go on daily walks. It's not going to a gym. It's not Pilates. It's like, go on a daily walk. Just find some form of movement that makes you feel good. I've like kicked my asthma, which is incredible. Like from someone who was taking puffers all the time, I don't take puffers anymore. So just learning how to breathe better has been transformational. We talked about that on my podcast. Like I was always like this heavy chest breather. And like, no wonder I was so stressed and anxious all the time because I I would, I didn't know how to breathe into my belly and my rib cage. And then meditation, I mean, meditation is a journey. There are some days where I'm like, I've got this and I've had a great meditation practice. And then like yesterday I did my meditation and I was like, I don't feel like I did got anything from that. I feel like I went through a to-do list today and it's being like, okay, like that was today. Like we'll try again tomorrow. And then community has been huge. Immersing myself with other people who are like-minded has been transformational because I'm not, I'm always moving the needle forward, ra- rather than going backwards into negativity and to gossip and all of that stuff. I'm always with people who are like, pushing me to be a better person who are introducing me to new spiritual practices, whether they resonate with me or not, it's just, it's learning, it's being with other people. And, you know, I'm really big into manifestation and I truly believe the more positive vibes that I can put out there, that the more that comes back to me. So that is my connection to source.
0: Absolutely. You know, there's so much promising research happening right now on the benefits of meditation in particular. And a lot of therapists are being trained and certified in mindfulness-based approaches to psychotherapy, like mindfulness-based stress reduction by John kabat zinn And I do firmly believe that. The more studies we get into yoga and the breathing exercises in yoga and the movement exercises in yoga, there will also be thousands of promising articles on yoga's effect for our overall mental health and physical well-being. And many of the things you describe are just common sense things that anyone can bring into their life, like... Connecting to others and knowing how important social connection is to our well-being. Connecting to nature, having some sort of exercise, whether it's going on walks or doing the poses that we see in yoga classes. And you mentioned your podcast, and I'm curious because on your podcast, you interview different health and wellness professionals about their journey and then their advice for others. So I'm curious, what are some common themes that you have come across with your guests? So for example, when you ask your guests, like, what is really transformational for you? What are some consistent practices, consistent themes and ideas that have been presented to help us find balance and health and wellness in our lives?
1: Yeah. So the podcast came to fruition because when I was in teacher training, everybody had amazing stories. Some of them were drastic, like abuse. Some of them were, I came to yoga because my dance teacher told me to do it. But everybody had a story that came back to some form of yoga. And I wanted everybody to hear, because we hear it all the time. People are like, I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible enough, because I don't have the space in my house to do it, because whatever the reason. And I wanted to debunk those reasons and be like, you know, this person did it and they lived in like a... 200 square foot house. If they can do it beside their bed, you can do it. This person, like you were saying, you had a herniated disc. Some people hear that and they go, Yoga is totally out of the realm for me. And you actually said how yoga helped you so much with your back pain and how that injury just catapulted you into this other life. And I wanted people to hear how their journey began and to where they are now. And I've had people, professionals, yes, but I've also had like the everyday yogi come on. And the thing, The thread that is always the same is yoga transformed my life in ways that I never thought possible. I'm traveling when I didn't think I ever could do that. I quit my corporate job because it was soul sucking and now I'm doing something that I absolutely loved. A yoga pose or yoga flows that I was doing at home has now become, I sleep better, I eat better, I connect with others on a deeper level. I have a relationship with my parents where I didn't have one before. I've had people come on who have been addicted to drugs and who have been suicidal. And when they did their yoga journey, they stopped doing drugs. They stopped drinking. They stopped whatever it was that they were doing and just totally 360 their life and they're happier, they're healthier. They're the best versions of themselves.
0: It's very true that it's interesting how most people know what is good for them. Right, Most people know what foods are healthy. Most people know how much sleep they need to be getting. We know that stress is bad for us and we know how much sleep we should be getting. We don't do it or we're unable to do it. And for me, as you mentioned with other people uh, that you interview is that yoga is this really wonderful tool methodology that we can specifically do and bring into our lives that helps us gain the awareness of what we need to be doing and the discipline to stick to what we need to be doing, whether it's diet or sleep or whatever other things you might be doing, drugs, alcohol that aren't serving our long-term health and well-being.
1: I feel like it's the amount of time a lot of people settle for things or they just think like this is the way that it is. And I personally feel like yoga has just opened my eyes. So many of my podcast guests, it has opened their eyes to this world of like, we are meant to thrive and we are meant to grow and we are meant to just enjoy life as opposed to just getting by and being mundane and just know the saying, if you're not growing, you're dying. And I really do believe that.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) It's funny. I literally remember I used to love to ask people this question, like if you had one piece of life advice, what would you say? And one of them was everything in nature is either growing or decaying. Mm-hmm. And so too, we are called in all areas of our life to continue to learn, to continue to grow. Even Nietzsche said that a snake that cannot shed its skin will not survive. And two, we need to develop practices for our own mental health and well-being in order to become more fuller and healthier and loving versions of ourselves.
1: It's so true. I love that a snake that cannot shed its skin cannot grow. Like I'm I'm stealing that because that is, that's an amazing analogy.
0: (laughs) No problem. I stole it from Nietzsche, so it's all yours. (laughs) So let's shift to kind of our topic for today, which is finding balance in our lives and This is so important because oftentimes we're told what we should be doing. You might see a nice listicle on some websites about what we need to be doing in our health and wellness journey. But of course, it's individual for each and every one. Like There are some people that are too disciplined, they work too hard and they're too hard of themselves, and then they need to relax. And there's other people that are a little bit too lazy, a little bit too much of a couch potato, and they need to bring more discipline to their lives. So it's about finding that special middle way and how how do we do it, Megan? (laughs) You're the pro. How do we best find balance in our lives?
1: Well, and I first like to just start off and say, like, I'm constantly trying to find balance in my life. Like this, it's not like once you get it, you get it. You know, like when people get into meditation, it's like you don't just get meditation. It's like a this journey, it's this process, it's this everyday thing. I think for me. I'll come to this. Like, I'm an extreme person. I like my routines. I like to follow my routines. (laughs) And it's been... But you're
0: not sitting up and sitting, standing up and sitting down eight times.
1: (laughs) Not anymore. But it's like, I love, like, I meditate and I do yoga first thing in the morning. And I like that consistency of it. But it's also being okay when things shift or when, you know, you need to adapt to new scenarios it's being okay with you know if i'm a relatively healthy eater but i'll never say no to a piece of cake at a celebration like between monday and fridays i'm very disciplined into eating really well but i have ice cream on saturdays or a cookie or two like it's it doesn't have to be this like if you're following this diet like you can't absolutely stray like i'm a big believer in like pizza and yoga daily walks and a piece of chocolate, like there has to be there has to be joy. And I think some of us get so caught up in, you know, if you're trying to follow this diet, and like, people are miserable doing it. And I'm like, why do you do this to yourself? Like, be disciplined, eat healthy, do the the healthy things, but like, enjoy life, like, have fun. And, you know, even on a practical level, like. If you're somebody who is always at the gym and you're always lifting weights and you're doing all these strength things, you need to balance that out with, you know, whether it's yin yoga, which I really, I'm a huge believer and I love to do it. It's, if you do one thing, you have to balance it out with the other. There's the sun and the moon. There's being awake and there's being asleep. There's always this balance between the two and it shifts and it flows. And sometimes you might find that you have a little bit more, masculine energy where you're following those routines and you're a little bit more go 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 but then you also have to realize that there has to be this balance of slowing down and taking things slower and I always like to refer to the seasons especially where I live it's like you know the summertime we're vibrant we're outside we're doing all these things and then it's okay to slow down in the wintertime. It's okay to not have that same go, go, go mentality like we do in the summertime in the winter. And that has been something that I've been working on because I'm a very go, go person. And just with how the weather is, like I like to go for daily walks multiple times throughout the day. There are times where it's negative 30 degrees out and daily half hour walks, hour walks are not happening if I want to keep my toes So it's been learning to be like, okay with the fact that I'm slowing down a little bit more and my schedule changes a little bit more. And I just, I adapt, I find the balance between doing my yoga practice and doing my meditation practice and, you know, going out for a drink or, you know, having that cake on a Tuesday when normally I follow my Monday to Friday rule.
0: You bring up a very important point that We do live in a very high-stress, fast-paced, productivity-focused world where if you're not doing anything, you feel like you're falling behind, right? And this is something we have to work against and we have to slow down and we have to tend and befriend aspects of ourselves in order to give ourselves the love and compassion that we so deserve.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I'm wondering more about how we delineate between, I'm thinking about balance again, and how we needed to delineate between needing to push through something in order to grow. Because what we learn in yoga and in all parts of life is that human beings kind of grow through stress. Like we have to push the body through physical stress to gain strength and flexibility meditation puts the mind through a kind of a mental exercise or mental stress in order to strengthen the mind. But there are other times we do need to relax, slow down, tend, befriend, more compassionate, loving and accepting of ourselves. So when we talk about finding balance, how do we know deep down what we're needing in the current situation in our lives? I
1: mean, meditation has really truly given me the opportunity to look inward and to really get to know myself and to know not necessarily like what my limits are, but like when maybe I'm not giving it my all and when maybe I I do need to push a little bit more. So if you are in your comfort zone and things feel very comfortable, I believe you need to step out of that comfort zone. What Like if it's driving the same way to work all day or every day, go a different route. Like something as simple as that can really kind of throw some people off. It's being comfortable with discomfort and knowing that as long as nobody's gonna die, like just try it, just see how it goes. And sometimes it takes, there's a period of adjustment, right? Like you have to kind of give things the chance to integrate into your life and also know when to pivot and when it's just not working for you. So for example, I tried to be this gym person. I was like, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to be on the treadmill. I'm going to do the weights and all these things. And totally out of my comfort zone. Like I don't love working out around other people, but I was like, I, you know, I'm going to give this a try. And I did it for like a solid month. And I realized at first I was like so hesitant. I would like try to talk myself out of it and be like, it's snowing today. I can't go. And it was like, no, you've, you've promised yourself. So, and I think that's big too. make promises to yourself because that also, I think builds confidence when you keep a promise to yourself. So I promised myself that five days a week, I was going to go to the gym Let, and I don't say like for the next year, I'm going to do this for the next month. It's 30 days. I'm going to go to the gym five days a week and I did it and I realized at the end I was like oh my like it just it sucked my soul I was like I absolutely hate doing this so in my mind I'm like okay time to try something new so then I started doing like Pilates at home loved it fell in love with it but it was I think people know they're giving it their all and it's just not working. And they know if they're truly not giving it their all and they just give up. We talk ourselves out of a lot, but I think you just you have to make a commitment to yourself. But when you do commit to something, make them small, attainable goals. Maybe push yourself a little bit out of that comfort zone. But I don't love when people are like, for the next year, I'm going to completely revamp my diet. I'm going to go to the gym every single day. I'm going to meditate an hour. I kind of believe you're setting yourself up for failure there. But pick one of those things. Maybe you pick meditation. You're like, okay, for the next 30 days, I'm going to meditate for five minutes. Mark it in your calendar, time yourself, whatever you have to do to kind of make that happen for you. And then you'd be completely surprised when 30 days are up and you're like, wow, I did five minutes of meditation a day. I made a promise to myself. I kept it and I feel great about it.
0: I wholeheartedly agree. That's exactly what I was thinking about. In relationships, when do you want to break up and when do you want to like work through the conflict that you're going through? And what came up for me was like, well, think about what you have committed to do. If you're married and committed to your life partner, then these are conflicts that it's your task to solve right now. And then when you're talking about, yes, commit to simple, easy things that you can do for your life and then make sure that you fulfill on the promise that you have made to yourself. And it's really important to start small, be reasonable. I see way too many people like, with the New Year's resolutions. They you know, they haven't lifted a, a barbell in a few years and they're like, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. You have to have some realistic expectations, but it's that commitment, that promise, that you're making that you can fall back on when thinking about, well, what do I need to do for myself right now in this moment?
1: It's such a great topic because so many of us give up, I think, so quickly, even if it, like we're just thinking of a relationship. And then there's also this flip side where so many of us stay with somebody because we're so comfortable and we just, we don't want to like rock the boat, even though we're not happy. And I can think of when I was in a relationship with someone who, it wasn't feeding me. So it wasn't, they weren't great relationships. It was when I would think of, I'm going to break up with this person. I just, I'm not happy. There would be this sense of like relief, like, oh, Megan, you are doing the right thing. And you know, when the time comes and, you know, they tell you how much they love you and how you, you've changed your life. And then sometimes there's this like, oh, I can't. I can't break up with them. They say they're going to change. And it's, I believe in like watching the body, listening to the body. When I felt that relief, it was like, okay, I have to do this for myself. Like, this is just not working for me. I believe in relationships too. We don't talk enough about things. We step on each other's toes. We try to fix the situation for the other person. Or we think if we don't say something, like they'll, they'll just get it. Eventually they have to just get that. I don't like that they do this. And it's like, Just talk about it. Like if something's bothering you, you need to say something or like, how would they know?
0: Absolutely. I mean, you bring up many things that have come up on the podcast before. One is this, the importance of having a growth mindset. So you mentioned that you're not in a perfect relationship and absolutely there's no such thing as a perfect relationship. We have two imperfect beings trying their best to create a perfect relationship and they're on their way there, but we never really get there. So we continue to grow, continue to learn and continue to learn each other's little foibles, little emotional conditioning and temper things and we work together to overcome them. And another thing that has come up is just the importance of boundaries. So when you're like, listen, I love you right now. I'll love you forever. But I need to set up a boundary. We need to take a break from this conversation. <laughs> and come back later because neither of us are in a place to talk about and deal with this issue right now. And I wanted to go back to balance in our lives and to self-love in our lives. And I wanted to ask you about how we can make sure that we are coming from the right place, because many people think of their yoga and meditation practice as part of their grand self-improvement project. And it can so easily turn into a world of shoulds, we should exercise and should eat better and should sleep and should meditate and should journal and should quit our jobs and travel the world. We have all these shoulds we put on ourselves and it comes from a place of self-judgment and self-hatred. And I'm curious how we make sure that our practice is coming from a place of self-love and not self-judgment.
1: This is such a good question. It's There's so many, there's so many different ways to take this. Number one, I would say, if you are consumed by what other people are doing, you need to take a break from if that's social media, you need to take a break from social media. And people hate being told that. But it makes a world of difference, especially if you're like, well, this person's doing this. And, you know, that person's doing that. And I should be doing that, like, that, that happened to me too. And If you see somebody who you are inspired by, and they're doing a health or wellness practice that you're like, Oh, okay, I should do that. Try it. Like, you know, for example, I used to hear this girl that I looked up to, she always talked about like these morning pages and how they were just like these brain dumps that she would do first thing in the morning. And I was like, I should do that. And I did it. And like, every time I would sit down to do this, I was like, I effing hate this. Like, why Why <laughs> am I doing this? And it was literally like, just like, it works for her. It, it doesn't work for me. Like, it doesn't mean I'm not spiritual or I'm not like, I knew in my heart, like this practice wasn't for me. Maybe in five years from now, I do take it up. But right now, this is not working for me. And like I was saying before, meditation has been so instrumental because it really has allowed me to get in touch with myself. I know in my heart when something is working for me or I, it's something that excites me. I would say too, if something excites you and you're like, oh wow, like this sounds amazing, I should try this. Try it if it really excites you. If you're looking at it and you're going like, well, she does it. So maybe I should give it a try. Like don't even go down that route because you're just, You're conforming to somebody else's ideal and i'm totally totally gonna butcher this quote but it was something along the lines of it's better to live like an imperfect life of yours than it is to live the perfect life of someone else's and you know i think it it takes a lot of soul searching and it takes a lot of being quiet and to realize what really really resonates with you and works with works for you You know, if you see something that somebody else is doing, and you get that little twinge of jealousy, or you're like, Oh, I should do that, like, take a moment. And like, does that really, truly resonate with you? Is that something you really want to do? Or just does it seem like the right thing to do right now, like the right trend to hop on the right, you know, well, if she's doing it, and I do it, then I'll be just like her like, you know, deep down, if you get quiet enough and you allow yourself that space to kind of listen to yourself, you know, if it's right for you and if it's not.
0: Absolutely. It is really important to recognize that what works for some people and other people might not work for you. You could be scrolling through Instagram and the person says, I did this, I tried this, and now I'm so much better than before. You could try the same thing and not be in a better place than before. So Listening to ourselves, listening to our hearts, listening to our own truth, and making sure we're living in line with those things will help us on the path.
1: Yeah, and one little thing too I want to throw in here because I don't know if you're familiar with it or maybe if your audience is, but I've really kind of dove into the world of human design. And that has been so instrumental into really knowing myself because when you find out what your design is, I always say you're not like blown away. You're like, wow, I never knew that about myself. It's like everything that you learn about your chart, you're like, that's me. That's me to a T. For example, I have good intention when I tell somebody, I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that for you or for sure I can introduce you to that person. Unless I do it right in the moment, it's hard for me to make those commitments. And sometimes I forget or you know, life happens and I feel so guilty I beat myself up over it, and when I learned that, okay, like this part of your chart is like undefined, it was like, don't make promises to people that you can't necessarily keep, or you know, you'll feel bad about if you don't follow through with that. Just and really learning about my human design chart and how I'm really meant to function in the world. For example, to as an entrepreneur, I really I always wanted to be like that Gary V type of mentality, and for anyone who like is. Knows about human design. I'm a projector, which means that I really thrive with like three to four hours of work a day, and then I'm done. My energy is just depleted. I'm done, and that was like such a breath of fresh air because I kept burning out, and I kept thinking, "I'm like, I'm supposed to do, be like him. Like he's succeeding. Like why can't I do that?" And when I found out like that was just not how ways I was meant to operate in this world, it was like such a breath of fresh air. Things started to shift so much for me, and I just really tapped into, you know, those three to four hour working days, like I can work anybody under the table in three to four hours, but like doing it for eight hours a day was so draining. And it was, I was burning out, even though I love what I was doing. So tapping into that was really, really helpful in my journey.
0: It's very true that we're all different people, and we have different emotional needs in any situation. And part of our Life Path is discovering what we need and what works best for us in our work, in our life, and in all areas. So thanks so much, Megan, for coming on to the show. I want to finish by asking you a question I love to ask all of my guests, which is quite simply, what do you wish everyone knew about love? I
1: I hope this isn't too cheesy, but like it really does start with yourself and you have to truly learn to love yourself before you can love others.
0: We like the cheese here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like the woo-woo answer, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Thanks so much, Megan, for coming on to the show. For our listeners that want to learn more about you, how can they find you?
1: Thank you so much for this. This has been a really fun conversation. So I'm Balanced by Megan, M-E-G-H-A-N, across all social media platforms. So TikTok, Instagram, my website is just balancedbymegan.com.
0: Wonderful. And thank you listeners for listening to the show. We hope you know that whatever struggles you're going through, there is potential for growth and healing and to be stronger than you ever have before. Just remember that your wellness is a journey. Remember to think about what you are committed to do. Give yourself reasonable goals. In love, it's important to have a growth mindset to set appropriate boundaries. And don't forget that what works for some people might not work for you. Listen to your heart, tap into your truth, acknowledge your emotional needs and seek to meet them in a compassionate and loving way. If you want to learn more about me, you can head to zackbeach.com and learn more about the show at theheartcenter.com. Thanks again, Megan.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again for listening to the Learn to Love podcast. To learn more about the show and your host, head over to ZachBeach.com or TheHeartCenter.com.
0: You can also follow Zach on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.